0: Hey, like uh, Pastor Mark said, my name is Tyler, and uh, I'm the Director of Student Ministries at uh, Edinburgh Church in Brooklyn Park. And I'm so excited to be here with you guys and honored uh, to be able to come and just uh, uh, share my heart with you. Um, and uh, just, man, it, it, it's good to be here. It's good to see. Uh, uh, just, I've, I've heard about you guys a lot uh, through Mark and just to be able to come and see it. Uh, it is really cool. Just a couple things, uh, kind of housekeeping things before we dive into the message. Uh, little couple things about me. So uh, I, I am married. I've been married to my wife uh, eight years. This month, at uh, the 29th, will be our, our eighth wedding anniversary. Uh, we have two kids. Oliver is four, and Bennett is two. Uh, and then we have baby number three on the way. So uh, our, we're, I'm cross my fingers for a girl because. I don't know if I could afford three boys because they're destructive, but uh, that is a thing. Another quick little thing about me, uh, I, um, I have had a venti coffee and I have ADD, so uh, you've been warned, okay? Uh, also, a fun little fact, uh, maybe uh, some of you have, may, might know Jason and Anna Rowland. Uh, Jason is actually my older brother. Uh, and so they've been a part of this church kind of since the beginning, right, Mark? Uh, and so, so Jason and Anna and uh, little Frankie, uh, I'm not supposed to call him Frankie, but uh, their, their son who's on the way, I always want to be like, hey, Frankie, because I don't know. I don't know what it is. That's that ADD moment. Okay. Um, so uh, uh, that's just a couple of things. And, and, and like I said, um, I, I met Pastor Mark probably uh, uh, six years ago. And uh, I can honestly say that Mark has become uh, one of my dearest friends. And, and, and there's been seasons where I've been going through transition uh, or had been in difficult seasons of my life or had moments where someone I needed someone to just be like, hey, you're a dummy, stop it, okay? Uh, and Mark has been that person in my life. And, and you guys, man, I, I'm so excited that you guys have a pastor uh, like Mark that is, is serving and loving well and just has a passion for people, not just the people of the church, but the people outside of the church, that, that's a rarity at times. And so to have a pastor like Mark, um, man, you guys are so blessed and I'm, I'm, I'm so glad, uh, that, uh, yeah, right. Okay. Sorry. He sucks. Okay. Uh, oh, I can't say that. Can I shoot? Oh, um, Sometimes ADD, sorry. Okay, there you go. Uh, Seriously, though, like my brother has told me about this church and what what God is doing and just your passion for pursuing people and pursuing uh, God. And and so good job, church. Keep going. And if you're new here, let me just say, if if you are, are here and you want to be a part of something bigger than yourself, you're in the right place because God is doing things doing things here through Pursuit Church and the churches around the community in this area. And so uh, if you want to be a part of something, welcome, and we are so glad that you guys are here. Will you pray with me as we get ready to dive into this message? God, I just pray that these words would be yours that they would not be mine, uh, but that they, they, would, they would come from you, they would flow out of your spirit uh, that is living and active inside of each one of your believers. God, I just pray uh, that people would be encouraged, people would be challenged, people would be uh, um, um, unsettled in what you're doing. God, that you would just move, because sometimes we get so comfortable that we forget uh, to move in the, in the spirit and move in your ways. And so, God, I pray that you would move us. We pray in your name. Amen. So I don't know how your summer's been going, but for me and my family, our summer has been extremely busy. And as I was thinking about just summer and the busyness of summer and the things that we, we kind of go through, sometimes people take time off, they go to the cabin and whatnot, but for us, it's been a really busy summer. And so uh, as I've been thinking about that, I don't know if you ever feel this way, but sometimes you're like, man, life is crazy. Like, it just seems like there's one thing after another, after another, after another. And sometimes you might hit a point where you're like, man, I am, I'm tired. And I feel like, like empty and I'm running on nothing. And there are days where I'm like, is what I'm even doing worth it? I don't know if you've ever gotten to that point or you've ever felt so thirsty or so tired or so just worn down that you're like, is what I'm even doing worth Worth it. I am, uh, I'm coming up on 10 years of vocational ministry as a youth pastor, meaning that I do youth ministry as a job. Now, if you were to ask teenagers what I did for a job, they, they quite often say, what do you do for a job? And I'm like, I'm a youth pastor. I'd be like, yeah, but what do you do to make money? Uh, they try to explain to teens that you like do this, I don't know. But uh, coming up on 10 years, and in, in those 10 years, I've had some extremely awesome seasons of ministry where I've seen God do some amazing things. And there have been other times in ministry where I've been scrolling through the uh, indeed.com ads and I'm like, I could be a postal worker, right? Like listen to podcasts all day and like not talking to people, not deal with anything. Like, like I could, I could do that. And there's been seasons where I've just been so tired. And if I'm totally honest with you, a couple years back, there was a season in my life where I became extremely frustrated. I became extremely tired. I was, I was burning out uh, of just everything that was going on. And I, I got angry because I was like, man, I'm, God, I'm doing your work. This has your name on it. Why is it that I feel so tired? Why does it seem like I'm doing everything wrong? Why is it that I, I'm working so hard? I'm serving God and everything. Why do I feel so unsatisfied? And I was good at my job. It wasn't like how people were like, hey, you stink or anything. I was I was good at my job, but yet there was this feeling, this sense of just being unsatisfied. And I'm like, why why do I feel like giving up? Have you ever been there? Maybe as a parent? Right? Like, what did I do? Right? My dad always used to say, I brought you into this world, I can take you out of it. I never understood it until I had kids, right? Like, like maybe you're, you're sitting here, or maybe it's in your job. Maybe you're just, you're, you're grinding, and you're pushing, and you're trying to just, just figure out what it is that you're supposed to do, or maybe it's in a pursuit of success, or maybe it's in a relationship. Maybe you're looking for that person, that one person, and, and maybe you thought it was there, and you're asking the question, why am I not satisfied? Why am I not satisfied? And that's when God showed me something, because I was there. And God... He, he, he kind of, like, he didn't, like, verbally speak. It wasn't like Tyler, right? Like, it wasn't necessarily like that. But God used the Spirit to, to take me across, hit me across the head with a two-by-four, a spiritual two-by-four, and was like, here's the deal, Tyler. Listen to me. You are trying to find your identity. You're trying to find your satisfaction. You're trying to find your meaning in your job and not in me. And it hit me, and I was like, oh, man. I was running to things that the prophet Jeremiah in the book of Jeremiah calls broken cisterns. And that's what this message is called today, broken cisterns. And I want to read it to you, this passage in Jeremiah 2, verse 13, it's on the screen, but if you want to find it, it's in Jeremiah in the Old Testament uh, in chapter two. It says this, my people have committed two sins. They have forsaken me, the spring of living water, and they have dug their own cisterns, broken cisterns that cannot hold water. See, in that time, a cistern, it was a water uh, holding, an arti- like an artificial holding thing for water. I don't know well, why I can't speak today, but it's, it, it held water, right? They would build it and it would hold water. And it was really important in that time and in that area because when the dry season came, when all of the natural springs, all the, 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 the rivers and things like that would dry up, they would use these cisterns to hold water so that they could have water in the dry seasons. And what Jeremiah here is talking about, he's saying he's, he's identifying these as as the, these broken cisterns that it, that. Or he talked back up a little bit. He talks about um, broken cisterns. And if a if a cistern was broken, it was essentially useless. It didn't hold water. And so what happens if it would crack on the side? Dirt would get in, and it would become muddy water. Or if it cracked on the bottom, all the water would leak out of the bottom. And so these broken cisterns essentially were useless, and they left the water. Undrinkable, And so Jeremiah is writing to the southern kingdom of Judah in a time of, of just like just turmoil in the nation of Israel. And so there's things going on all over the place. And he's writing to them, and he's using this idea of a broken cistern as an example to tell the Israelites that they have left their source of satisfaction. They've traded in God, who is the never-ending spring. He's the natural spring of water uh, for other gods. And then I find it really, in this situation, I find it... It's really sad in this situation sometimes because I look at it and go, man, the Israelites, they knew better. They knew better. The Israelites, they they had come out of Egypt. And in the story of Moses, they had come out of Egypt. They had seen God lead them through the the darkest point in their history, led them by a pillar of fire and by smoke, led them through the part of the Red Sea. The Israelites had seen all these amazing things that God had done. And yet they said, you know what, maybe I think I'm just going to try and find satisfaction somewhere else as opposed to God. And I think that that is sometimes, it's heartbreaking to look at that and see what Israel had done, but it's like they decided to look for other water when the fresh, satisfying spring was right there. They turned their back on God and went to go dig cisterns of their own. They decided to do it things their own way. And what's scary is, even though they went and started to dig their own cisterns, they still played the religious game. They still had their priests. They still offered their sacrifices. They still went to the, to the, to the tabernacle. They did all these things thinking that, that you know what, I can, I can have a little bit of this and I can have that. And, you know, and I think sometimes we can sit here and we can look at the Israelites and go, man, these guys are idiots. But then God reminds me, because, you know, you ever do that where you read the Old Testament and you're like, or you read the Bible and you're like, geez, how, did, how could they be so dumb? But yet we all, we, we have the whole picture. And God reminds me all the time. He's like, hey, you're just like them. You're just like the Israelites. You're just like them. God reminds me of that so much. And I think, church, sometimes is it possible that we've become so accustomed to the living water, that we've become so accustomed to God, that we actually think that maybe I can go try and find things in other sources, that we went away from the living water and went to fountains to see if there's water available elsewhere, that we begin to construct our own broken cisterns to try and find satisfaction like like we say okay in case this god thing doesn't work out i'm going to trust you know my 401k in case this god thing doesn't work out i'm going to trust this promotion i trust god and my stuff i trust god and my job title now please hear me when i say this i'm not saying that these things are bad i'm not saying that you shouldn't save money the bible talks about being wise with money i'm not saying you shouldn't have stuff that's not what i'm saying but if you had none of it could you still have satisfaction if you had none of it could you still have satisfaction for me my broken sister was my job i told you this it was my job i was trying to find meaning i was trying to find purpose in my job as a youth pastor but i was left craving water I was left craving. I had these deep cravings, and we all have these cravings in our life, and I think those cravings are put there by God. These cravings to be known, these cravings to be loved, to be in relationship with God, to be in relationship with other people, these cravings are put there by God, and these are good things. And it's not a sin to be thirsty, but the problem is when we run to other things other than God to satisfy us, they leave us unsatisfied. And then we get angry, and we're like, why am I so unsatisfied? So what about you? What are your broken cisterns? Like I said earlier, maybe it's parenting. Do you look to your kids to give you fulfillment? If your kids turn out a certain way, if your kids are good at sports, if your kids are good in school, if your kids are happy, this one's a hard one for high school parents because they're like, you ruined my life, mom, right? No, nobody relate? Okay, cool. If we're looking to our kids to find our satisfaction, number one, that's not fair to your kids. It's not fair to your kids to to look to them for satisfaction because they're never going to measure up. You're going to be left unsatisfied. And your kids, they're not able to give you the satisfaction you need. Now they're going to give you joy. They're going to give you these great things, but they're not going to give you full satisfaction in life. Maybe it's your work. If I just work hard enough, if I get this title, I'll be happy. If I can get to this income level, then I'll be okay. If people respect me in my profession, or maybe it's school, if I work hard, if I get good grades, if I get all these things, then then I'll make it. There's this idea in America that we just have to make it, and then we'll have this satisfaction, we'll have this, 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 this joy or this, 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 this ability to go, I've made it in life. I think about all the time, I think about the story of Tom Brady, and Tom Brady is an NFL quarterback, plays for the, the New England Patriots, and there's an interview that he did, right? I think it was after his first or second Super Bowl win. And he was in this 2020 interview, and they, they say, you, you're you married to a, a supermodel. You have, you have all this money that you made. You've won the Super Bowl. Like, are, have you made it? And, and he's like, I just get this. Tom Brady looks at the guy, and he says, like just get this feeling like there's something more out there. Even a guy who we would look at and say he's made it was looking for more. Maybe it's relationships. If I find the one, then I'll be happy. Okay, can we just stop one second here? Like this idea, like the one, like if you are looking for that one person to give you satisfaction, please start praying for that person now because that's a lot of pressure on a person, right? To say, if you're looking for another person, another human being to be your all- consuming satisfaction and joy. That's a lot of pressure on a person. And when that person lets you down, because that's what happens because we're imperfect people and we let people down. That's a lot of pressure to put on another person. Maybe you're looking for that satisfaction in relationships. Maybe that's your broken cistern. Maybe it's fun. Some of us just live for the weekend. I need to work hard, make money so that I can live comfortably and have fun. And what? To arrive safely at death? You never see a U-Haul behind a hearst. (laughs) Right? Unless it's like traffic or something like that. But it usually doesn't belong to the hearst. Okay? You never see a U-Haul behind a hearst. Are we looking for our satisfaction in our fun? Because that's there for a while and then it's fleeting. Okay, here's the dangerous one. How about a cause? This is a dangerous one because we can believe in the lie that if we're doing something good, it can give me meaning. If I'm doing something good, it can give me meaning. But the problem is, even our best intentions done without the living water leave us tired, angry, and bitter. Without Christ, without Jesus, even our best intentions, when we try to do it on our own, leave us tired and angry and bitter. I've had conversations with another former, a number of former pastors who are now out of ministry, and uh, there's, there's been times where they have been, they've, they've given it all at the, the sacrifice of ministry. And they've been hurt by the cause of, of the church. Notice I said the cause of the church, not the cause of Christ, because I think sometimes the church can miss the cause of Christ for the cause of their own whatever they think. And there's been times where I, I know pastors who have been hurt uh, and, and they've they've walked away from ministry, and they they have they have said, "Man, I, I just can't do it. I I want it. I gave it all." And there's there's been times where my uh, one of the most important statements that my dad ever made to me when I was getting into ministry is he said, "Don't ever sacrifice your marriage and your life on the altar of ministry." And it kind of came out of this idea, this 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 philosophy that I I try to live by is this: is we need to make sure that we are running towards what we're running towards is a God thing and not just a good thing. Because you might be in a season of life where you might be running after some good things, but it isn't necessarily a God thing. And that can be dangerous. And then when you get there and you're like, why am I not satisfied in this? It's because you forgot to make sure that it was a God thing. Then it goes on to another one. Um, I had been talking about all these things like relationships and fun and, and jobs and all those kind of things. Those things are not bad, Okay. Don't hear me and be like, this guy is like anti-everything. I don't know what's the deal. Those things aren't bad. I'm not saying that necessarily. These things uh, that I've talked about are seen, they're good things. And if we put them in the proper place, they can be in our lives. And God actually wants us to enjoy these things in the proper place. But when these things get put out into uh, 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 the wrong place, they can leave us unsatisfied. And then we get to a point where when these things aren't satisfying us, we might turn to alternative methods. Or dangerous choices. And I've seen this, that, that sometimes when, when a relationship can't satisfy us, or a cause can't satisfy us, or fun, or whatever it is, people turn to things like drugs, or alcohol abuse, or pornography, or lust. That's my story. My story is, I, I, I grew up in a, in a Christian home. I grew up in in a family that loved Jesus. My dad was a youth pastor. I knew all of the right answers, and yet I was looking for satisfaction in everything else, in my identity, or in in my my friend group, or or how popular I was, and all these kind of things. And I I just, I wasn't. I was kind of nerdy and dorky, and you know, it was a thing. And then I, I, I I got to the point where nothing, I couldn't find satisfaction in anything else, and so I turned to pornography. And when I turned to pornography, I felt that momentary feeling of like, oh, that was nice. And then I had to keep going for after it and going to get it, even though I knew what I was doing was wrong and it, left me to, it brought me to a place of darkness where I was ready to kill myself because I, I, I didn't want to live this way anymore. I didn't want to be that and I didn't know any way out. It wasn't until God intervened in my life when I was in ninth grade and he communicated to me, I know you and I love you and I have a plan for you that I gave my life to Christ when I turned my life over to Jesus. But sometimes we turn to these dangerous things because we're so desperate to find satisfaction and and the good things didn't work. The Israelites did this back when in Jeremiah's time as well. In Jeremiah 2, 17, 18, it says this, Have you not brought this on yourself by forsaking the Lord your God when he led you in this way? Now, why do you go to Egypt to drink the water from the Nile? And why do you go to Assyria to drink the water from the Euphrates? The broken cisterns didn't work. They tried to store up their satisfaction water for themselves. They turned away from God and they turn to the river for satisfaction jeremiah's using this as an example of of the things that are alternative to what god we turn to things that are outright not of god to try and find satisfaction and and hear me when i say this okay sometimes sin is fun like that's a bold statement to say sometimes sin is fun and it might give you a little bit of satisfaction for a second but remember this sin might be fun but it always ends fatally and we need to turn to find satisfaction in christ now you might be sitting here going okay what does this guy have against irrigation systems but here's why i believe it's so important that we don't just dig our own cisterns and it's this is because we already have the endless supply of water Let me say that again. Why is it important that we don't turn to broken cisterns? It's because we already have the endless water supply. Hear me when I say this. I'm not saying, you shouldn't have cisterns. I'm not saying you shouldn't have families or work hard in your job or buy things. What I am saying is that for for true joy, for satisfaction in our life, we need God-built, God-filled cisterns in our life. Jesus needs to be at the center of our cisterns, the center of our lives. Jesus, the spring of living water, when we put him at the center of everything we do and we look for him to be our purpose and our satisfaction, we have the endless supply of water and we are able to bless others as well. There's a story in the Bible, John 4, about the woman at the well. And it goes like this. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews did not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, You have nothing to draw water with, and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? Who gave us this well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water that I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give will become, will become in them a spring of well, water welling up in eternal life. The woman said, Sir, give me this water so I won't get thirsty anymore. And I have to keep coming back to draw water. So Jesus is telling this woman that I am the source of living water. If you ask me, I will give you water. And he's not talking about physical water. He's talking about life and purpose and joy and that, that welling up inside of us, that hope that we have in Christ. That's what he's talking about is I will give you a joy, a hope that when, even when you're in the darkest moment, even when you're in the most hopeless moment, I will give you joy. I will give you peace. I will give you hope. And then what happens is the story goes on. The woman runs back to the town, and he goes. She says to the town, "He told me everything I ever did wrong, and he still offered me this hope." And so he, she went and she ran into the town, overflowing with the love of Jesus, overflowing with the living water. And it says that hundreds. Or it says people in that town were saved. So the joy and the, the life and the life giving water that flows from Jesus came inside of this woman and flow flu, flowed flowed flowed. That was an ADD moment. It flowed out of her. When we run to Jesus, the living water, as a source of our purpose, meaning, and satisfaction, he fills up our lives and he pours out to others. When we allow Jesus to be our source, he fills us up. When we allow Jesus to be the source of our lives, he fills us up. I was told not to spill and I just did. There are moments in our life where we maybe feel like a cup. And we're tired. And there are moments where we need, we need to, to go out and we need to, to live life. We need to go out and we need to give in our relationships. We need to give out to other people. And there are moments where, like, okay, like, like maybe you need to, to pour out, and maybe you need to pour out into relationships. So you pour out. There are moments where you're like, oh, my in laws are in town, right? You need to pour out. And there are times we get tired. But what the Bible says is we have the eternal spring of living water. Jesus can come and he can go. If we run to Jesus, he can fill us up. He can fill us up so that then when we need to pour out again, when we need to serve maybe in kids ministry, we can pour out. Maybe when we need, to, we need to help out with somebody or we need to make a decision financially to, to give somewhere or whatever, we can pour out and we don't have to worry about being filled up again because we have the spring of living water that is pouring into us and saying, no, here is my spirit. Here is joy. And we might go, okay, wait a second. Is, is it running out? No, no, no. Because he's the spring of living water and it never ends. And so as we build these cisterns, as we build the, the, these things, if Christ is at the center of them, They'll never be broken. They'll always have what we need. And we can run to Christ. And so when you're tired, run to Jesus. When you're feeling less than, run to Jesus. When you're looking for purpose, run to Jesus. When you don't think you can go on anymore, understand that you can't and go to Jesus. The source of living water. This is the the, the main idea I want maybe to take away as as we, we think about this is, what if we stopped digging broken cisterns and we operated out of the overflow of Jesus in our life? What if we stopped digging broken cisterns and operated out of the overflow of Jesus in our lives? We'll have satisfaction. We'll have meaning. We'll have purpose. Even when we're tired and don't know if we can keep going, we can run to the source and he can fill us up again and again and again. We can find satisfaction. In Christ. Those other things, if they're in the the place, the proper place, those aren't bad things. But we keep Christ at the center to find our satisfaction, to find our meaning, to find our purpose. And we can continually go back to Him. Some of you might be sitting in here and you might be struggling because there was that first part of, of Jeremiah 2 where it says that you have forsaken God, or honestly, maybe you've never made a decision to follow Jesus before, and you're thirsty, and you're craving for purpose and for meaning and for joy, and I want to give this verse to you as, as, as an encouragement to you, and it comes from Jesus' very own words in Matthew eleven twenty eight. He says, come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened. Are you feeling that way? Are you feeling tired? And I will give you rest, Jesus says. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and I will find, you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The woman at the well needed that water, that spring of living water, and when God gave it to her, it flowed out of her to where she was pouring out to other people. And she was never thirsty again. The Bible says this way when we, to say to put our trust in Jesus in Romans 10. It says, if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God rose, raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is in your heart that you believe and are justified and is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. And the scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. Some of you today need to decide to stop running to those broken cisterns and start running to the living water whether you've never made a decision to follow Jesus or you've been following Jesus almost your entire life, maybe you need to step back and go, God, I need my satisfaction in you. I need to find my satisfaction, my joy in you. And so the question is, are you running to broken cisterns that are empty or are you operating out of the overflow of Christ in your life? My argument is, Unto Jesus. Because that's where you'll find satisfaction. That's where you'll find joy. Will you pray with me? God, I thank you so much that you love us and that you know us and that you are the source of living water that we can run to even in our darkest moments, even in our, in our trials and in those moments where we feel like we can't go on any longer. God, we know that we can run to you because you are the source of our life. It doesn't guarantee that everything is going to be perfect. It doesn't guarantee that everything is always going to make sense. But we know that you are in control. God, I pray that we would be people who put you at the center of our cisterns that we put you at the center of our lives, that everything we do operates out of the overflow of what you've given us, what you've done in our life, God. May we overflow as we pursue you and pursue the people that you love, God. God, I pray that you would bless this church. I pray that you would grow this church, not just for the numbers, but that people's lives would be changed through Pursuit Church, God. God, I pray for anybody in this room that maybe made a decision to follow you today, that they would go and they would talk to somebody about it because that is the most important decision that anyone could ever make. God, we pray that you would be glorified every step of the way. We pray this in your name. Amen.